What's up, everyone? This is another episode of Oversimplified, and I'm your host, Connor Dewey. Today, we're going to talk about value chains. I don't think that most people find value chains super intriguing. Um, actually, I have some quantitative evidence that they don't. <laughs> the like click-through rates on like this blog post as opposed to previous blog posts I've written was significantly lower, um, partially because I think I just like wrote a shitty headline. Um, but I also think there's some truth in the fact that value chains don't necessarily get people fired up. Um, but hopefully I can make them interesting and at least somewhat um, thought-provoking to you uh, in this podcast. So the last thing I wrote about, the post was titled, Getting Started with Value Chains. Um, and I guess... I don't know, I feel like business strategy, like content, is kind of on the up lately. I don't know if it's just in my little bubble, but I feel like there's more like strategic, business-minded think pieces. Um, I don't know if it's the emergence of Substack um, or if this stuff was happening on Medium, but I just didn't have the algorithm tuned so that it showed up in my feed. But I feel like I've been seeing more of it. Um, and I've always been interested in this stuff, so I came at a good time um, because, I don't know, so like I follow, um, I, don't know how, I don't know how to say his name exactly, but Divinations is a pretty good strategy newsletter, and then there's um, the Stratechery from Ben, Thom ben Thompson, um, everyone knows him loves uh, Stratechery, um, and I'm definitely one of those people. So I've been reading this business newsletter content for a while, um, and then I've also been working on stuff kind of in this domain for Hugo. So in one of the Divinations articles, he talks about how he maps out his value chain for an old company that he used to work with. I think it was Gimlet in his case. Um, and about how all of the benefits of that from a strategic and from a product roadmap and then also a kind of longer term vision lens. So basically I've been going through that exercise with the company that I work for, Hugo, um, and then all this stuff is just interesting to me um, regardless. So I thought I would dig into these articles a little more so. This is based on three articles. I think two are from Divinations and one is from Stratechery. Um, and try to understand them better and try to explain them in simple terms. Um, going back to the last episode, I think the best way to actually learn something is to try to teach it. So hopefully this is useful for you guys. And I guess I'll start off by answering what is a value chain. So I'm just kind of going through the blog post right now. Basically... Like when you think of value chain, at least for me, I think of like, okay, it's pretty straightforward. It's the process that takes some thing from design to like manufacturing to consumer. It basically gets the product made and being used by the consumer. It's that like journey. Um, and I think that's right, but there's like a lot of, like more in-depth thinking around this stuff. Um, and value chains turn out to be 
like kind of like the the big framework like there's tons of um, frameworks for business strategy but value chains are the one that I find most reoccurring um, in these kind of business minded articles um, and especially from a practical standpoint we'll talk later about how to actually apply this stuff to your day to day and um, I think it's pretty actionable which you can't say about a lot of frameworks like this so getting back to the point what are value chains I think it's true it's the process of taking something from being created to serving some job to be done for the consumer and basically it's made up of these things called activities or that's at least what um what michael porter calls them in competitive advantage when he kind of coins this term and activities are the different stages so i use the example of buying a car basically the first activity is and it's i think it's kind of a a confusing term um this is actually like the hardest part to wrap your head around and the rest is i think is all downhill from here so the first activity um in like the buying a car value chain is designing the car and prototyping it the second activity would be actually manufacturing it the third would be distributing it fourth sales fifth fulfillment and then sixth at the end of it is like customer support um, obviously this is super simplified and that's kind of my next point is that it's really really subjective what these value chains actually are so you can get as low level or as high level as you want and when we talk about actually using this for your product or for your business that's going to be a big thing here is how granular do you want to get um, so far, I found it useful to start at a relatively high level and then get more granular um, as you continue to iterate. But I'm still kind of, uh, the jury's still out on that one. So basically, you have this value chain, you have these activities, and the whole kind of premise of competitive advantage, um, or at least how I understand it, is that obviously execution matters. Um, like that doesn't change here. But when you think about larger strategic advantage, it really comes from manipulating these activities in interesting ways. Um, so what does that mean? Uh, like companies in the 80s and 90s used to look to improve execution for advantage. They used to try to be more efficient. Um, they used to try to kind of fine tune these systems. Whereas now, and I think what Michael Porter realized in competitive advantage, is that there's more upside for actually manipulating and moving pieces around in the value chain and thinking kind of on a bigger scale um, than execution, so, which makes sense. I mean, there's only so much marginal upside when you're fine-tuning execution, dealing with the way things are, versus exploring a different way of doing things or moving into a different problem space um, or something kind of bigger picture so I thought that was interesting um, basically that's the the first big thing to understand is what value chains are and why they matter the next kind of piece of the puzzle in the second article I read was titled the conservation of modularity or at least that's the name of the kind of theory um, and 
basically what this says is that, and this is pretty interesting, so you have this value chain. We use the example of buying a car. And what, what's interesting here is that the power and a lot of times the profits actually reside in the part of the value chain where the user experience is the worst. So if you stick with the car example, then maybe the, like, the shittiest part of the experience for the user is the sales process. Um, like that's the bottleneck. That's like the part that really sucks. Um, like so for in the current landscape where sales sucks, basically the power within the value chain resides in whoever controls and optimizes the sales process. So whoever does sales best is going to have most of the power. Whoever has control over that part of the value chain is going to have most of the power and they're going to be able to control the profits and they're going to be able to dictate the terms with other players in the value chain. And the whole point of the conservation of modularity is they're like there's this finite amount of power within a value chain. And so when some company comes along and they innovate the sales process for cars, they totally turn it on its head. They implement some technical solution that makes it 10x better then basically the power shifts so whatever the new worst part of the user experience is the power shifts to that and sales gets commoditized as everyone copies this new solution um, it turns into basically a non-factor in the value chain so I guess as like a business what that means is that you want to control the parts of the user experience that are worst and you want to maintain control over those things um, and ideally you want to make the user experience better you want to have you want to have the best solution to that problem um, but also not too good of a solution or else everyone copies you and that part of the value chain becomes commoditized um, so I'm trying to think of like a great relevant example in this um, you can see this with for instance um, like Netflix is a good example basically like the hardest part of the streaming or like the hardest part of like the watching a movie value chain used to be going to the store and getting your movie Netflix totally innovated that and made that one click away and like that's all good then everyone else did that, and that's kind of a commodity. So you expect things to be streamed now. And now when you think about the worst part of the, the value chain or the worst part of the user experience for streaming, um, I don't know, you could, you could say it's like content discovery, you could say it's the, it's not really part of the user experience, but you could say it's the production of content. Um, whatever it is, it's not getting the movie up and streaming anymore. Um, because they did that so well that they commoditized it and that power shifted elsewhere in the value chain. So that's how I would explain that. And another kind of like nuance to this is how do you actually improve the user experience? So you identify where it is in the value chain and hopefully you have control over it. And this, this is actually an interesting way to put it in 
in this kind of concept of Clay Christensen's conservation of modularity, the way he describes it is that like improving a system is basically the same thing as integrating parts of the value chain. So, and this like didn't make sense to me at first, but the more I thought about it, it kind of did. So you have this value chain, you have these different kind of separate activities. And the way that you make the user experience better is that you integrate these activities together in a cohesive way. So you think about Netflix, you go back to that example, you basically used to have to, when there's like blockbusters, you used to have to drive to the movie store, get the movie, go home, bring out your DVD player, put the DVD in, um, and then like fire up the movie. Now, like those parts of the value chain, like the, the distribution, the sales process, the fulfillment, basically all got integrated into streaming, um, which creates a better user experience and everything changes from there. So I, I thought that was interesting and that can be applied to a lot of other things. Like I've, I've been meaning to like riff on this more, but um, the idea that improving systems can be simplified to just integrating different parts, I, I think that's super fascinating. And I guess to get into the third article in the third part of this this is more of kind of like a, a check on the first two so we talked about what a value chain is we talked about how power shifts within the value chain and how to improve the user experience lastly is something i call like product value chain fit um i don't know if anyone else has used that term before if i or if i'm like finding like a little gold nugget here and this will be my fame to claim <laughs> but so yeah, yeah, you have project value chain fit. And what this says is that as a company, it doesn't matter how great your solutions are. It doesn't matter how great your execution is. Ultimately, you're going to be limited by the value chain. And so the example that actually helped me understand this was in Microsoft. So you see Microsoft obviously started off in enterprise They've historically built these awesome enterprise products and they've worked in this enterprise value chain. What happened, like I guess not really in recent years, but what happened later on was that they moved over to a consumer value chain. So this is an entirely different thing, um, but they tried to bring a lot of the enterprise execution over to that, which worked in some ways, but also it didn't work in other ways. This is where you see those kind of classic Microsoft feature rich, but like poor UX type products. Um, it's because their execution was for, it was fit for a different value chain. So they were ultimately constrained by that. So the kind of takeaway in this article, this is a strategy article, is that like you can't out innovate if you don't first fit the value chain right. So this is why you should be skeptical of companies jumping into new value chains um, and expect to out-execute or out-innovate the competition. It's much, much easier to find new innovative solutions within the same value chain, which going back to Netflix, that's what they did. So that's the summary part of this. I guess for like actionability, what I'm working on right now is mapping all this stuff out. So it's 
like with Hugo, we do meetings. This is like a giant map of each activity at a fairly granular level. And then thinking about how our product fits in that ecosystem. And this is cool because if you have this map, you can reference it and use it for making product decisions and making strategic decisions. And it gives, it gives you a couple things. It gives you awareness of trade-offs and how you allocate your resources. So where should you be allocating your time? What matters? And kind of in a similar case, it also allows you to identify where you would be the best versus just being good enough. So like which parts of the value chain do you really have to win? Where is the user experience the worst? And where is the user experience just good good enough? Um, that's not where the real power and the profits are. And then lastly, it, it, do, it does help from a competitive landscape um, perspective. You can see what the other players are in the value chain and you can kind of predict if they're going to integrate forwards or backwards into whatever part of the value chain that you control. So that's, that's value chains. Um, I enjoyed writing about this and I've, I've enjoyed going through this process with Hugo. Um, I'm still working on this stuff, so maybe I'll have some more to report as far as what our, what our output looks like in the future. Um, but try it out and uh, you can reference the article for more and let me know how it works. Thanks, and I'll see you guys next time.